Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. My name's Kevin. I'm Leslie. It feels really weird when I haven't done an intro for the week because mm. I lose. I'm like, mm. yeah. yeah, it's a bit weird. Uh, it's episode 49 and it is The Benz. The Benz. Baby's got the Benz. She doesn't have any real friends. <laughs> Uh, Twitter and Facebook we're at Britpop Banter Britpop Banter at gmail.com send us anything uh, ratings whatever emails feedback anything like that all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own and while we poke fun at some bands and artists we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums I will tell you now we're going to poke some fun at one particular band in this episode let's see if we're aligned last week which aired Today, people yeah. are lit, and it's three hours. Well, it's two and a half hours, I should say. The episode, so people, I'm starting to get feedback. And Alex was there straight away. Me and him have been talking about Manson for a while because I was quite critical of six, so that's starting to come through now. Oh, yeah, you were. So, let's talk about long, long, long episode. How did you feel about it? I felt, um, well, I thought it was quite nice that you got to chat about your wee album. Um, so that was nice. My wee album. Yeah, and it was strange. Um, because you don't normally get that passionate or worked up about it. You were more worked up about how much you were sad about sex than how much you actually love attacking the <laughs> That's a good observation. I think that's what, what well, threw me a bit because I was like, oh, you really, that's really cut deep. It is hard. Deeper than I it thought. And look. And you're not letting it go. Alex called me out on it, and he he loved it. Loves the album Six, uh, and I went. I'm sorry. I just I can't I can't do it. And it, look, the album probably needs a re-listen. It probably needs an you know I need to take some time off, come back with a fresh set of ears, and I need to research the album because what I find is that I get a greater appreciation of albums through doing the research mm, for them. Yeah. Um. So I probably need to to take some time out and do that, but. It's not going to be for a couple of seasons. We're going to have a break yeah. from, from Six and Manson. Um, I Look, you know what? I love Attack of the Grey Lanterns. And that's what happens when you have such a perfect album that you just love. And then the next album doesn't, it feels different and it just throws you off a bit. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting more feedback. And, you know, I want to get feedback on the later Manson albums as well. Paul Draper's all over this. He's all over our Twitter feed at the moment, liking Britpop one-liners and liking the posts, and I'm like, oh, this could be awkward, Paul. Could be awkward. But no, it's good. It's good to talk about them. I wonder what he thinks about Six. I'd love to... Well, I did give a quote where he admitted that the album, you know, wasn't... It was a bit of a a jumble in terms of Mm -hmm. direction because of where the band was at. So I would love to talk to Paul about that album. And I don't, I don't know. I think I'll be here with Paul and just have a chat about it. Yeah, I'd love to. Well, the thing is, I really want to hear from the listeners first, because, like I said, Six has gone through this whole revival, and people really appreciate the album. And maybe I'm just missing it. Um, so I want to hear from that, and then I'd love to sit down with Paul. I'd love to sit down because there's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I'd love to know about the band and what happened because there's so many stuff that happened and so many stories. What actually happened? Like why and why did it take so long for a solo album to come out? Like what? Why did what burnt you so long? Like fifteen years between you releasing new music—that's a big time for a musician like yeah. you. I really tomorrow I'm going to put out on Twitter what people's most disappointing album oh, of yeah, their generation is. 
because I just I, I want to know I'm just I'm curious what's the most disappointing album so we I want to get those out next tomorrow and let's get them back for the next episode I know but I'll tell you what that was a long episode I'm not sure I have another long episode like that sneezing again amazing how you do it so quietly as well but I don't think I've got another long and you are I don't think I've got a long episode in, in me again like that that was a huge huge episode oh, two and a half well it's going to depend on what comes number one. Oh, really okay well, alright well or two for that matter I mean how much can you talk about television and, and I mean yeah. you know that I would literally just rip my microphone off <laughs> Walk out, <laughs> slam something for dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah, And then delete your number from my phone. Uh, 8.5 you give, uh, was it 8.5? 8.5 I think you give Attack of the Grey Lantern. Do you feel that, do you feel that you you, you want to change that a bit? Is nah. that, should it not be a 9? I'm still, I, I know, I, look, I still saw it. Um, you know what I've started to do with albums now? Is I look at what I would give out of five rather than ten. Why? I don't know. I just find because you don't I, have as much scope. Yeah, but at the same time, I go, is it a three out of five album? As an example, and I go, well, that's six out of ten, three out of five. Yeah, and I, I look at it against the five benchmark now, as opposed to a ten. But I see a three out of five album being like a, closer to a seven out of ten, eight out of ten, because you're only two marks away from the top. Yeah. Whereas it's better out of ten, you have more room. Okay. For for movement. So you're still happy with your answer? You wouldn't change it. Nah, because I mean, honestly, if I was to look down everything that I gave eight and a half out of or nine out of, like the nines are exceptional. What have I given a nine so far? Embrace. Embrace. That's it. That's it. Fine. You're a tough scorer. You really. <laughs> and what are... did I give this? Oh, we'll get to that because that'll be very. I will be interested because I'm. I was thinking about this on the drive home, and I honestly, I think I know what I gave it, <laughs> but I'm not sure. <laughs> You're having conniptions, you all right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you got anything else before we just jump straight into Song of the Week? Well, apart from the fact that I want to rip my nose off right now. Yeah. So it's causing me some concern and I can't give good commentary until I can... Should we talk about Sydney? The weather? It's... it's the. I think bush... that might be why. Oh, man, it is bad. Um, so it's ash it's, falling from it's the sky. It's hot and it's, it's... You know, a friend uh, flew in to, to Sydney this morning... And took a photo. And as you fly into Sydney, you actually fly over, because of the way the plane line, plane aligns, you fly over the Harbour Bridge in the Opera House. So the first time you ever come to Australia, it's amazing, because you just you just see that. It was blacked out. Like, you couldn't even make it mm. out from all the ash and smoke that we've had from the recent bushfires. It's extremely hard to breathe across here, especially at night. So, yeah, maybe that's playing up with your allergies. It could be, couldn't it? Maybe just being annoying. There's probably that. <laughs> Probably that one. Um, but just quickly, should we pause for a second and talk about where we're going this weekend? Because how pumped are you? Pumped. Where are we going? We're going to Fairground Festival mm-hmm. in Berry, mm-hmm. so down the south coast, mm-hmm. to see Mr. Liam Gallagher. We're actually not. I'm going to see Jerry Cinnamon. I don't know how this Liam Gallagher fell out. Yeah, but well, we're going to. I cannot believe Jerry got. We are going to go bill. watch Jeremy. Oh, Jer- Jeremy. Jeremy. Jerry. Uh, Jerry Cinnamon. Just to hear Belter with a beer and be dead Scottish and I'm going to get rowdy and you're going to just stand there angry yeah you're going to make me dance I'm going to love it stupid, I'm going to love it I'm going to put you in a headlock the usual you'll stand grumpy well that's what you're doing what are you, <laughs> what are you dancing like that for because I'm having a good time like, <laughs> I don't think look this is not so a couple of, so we've got the festival down in a small town 
which is great. We got a weekend away together, beautiful house near the beach. And it was all around seeing Liam Gallagher, right? This festival out of nowhere, he's just billed to be the headline act, which is pretty incredible, which is pretty great to see. And there's just this, the whole bunch of smaller artists attached to it. And then Jerry gets added to it. Now, I, don't, I, I actually, if I'm going to see Jerry anywhere, this is probably the place to see him because I'm not surrounded by... You think that? I am. There's not... You, nah, you really think so. I think it's... It's going to be families, it's going to be a nice, easy, cruisy. It's not going to be beers flying everywhere, standing on shore. It's not going to be like that. Sure. Really? No! There'll be pockets of that. Really? And you're going to be right buying it. <laughs> so we'll report back on Liam. Oh, he's still doing gigs in the UK. Like, he's, he's still playing. So he's going to board that plane pretty soon. It's a long way to come, isn't it? It's always touch and go with him too, isn't it? Don't say anything weird on the plane. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he's got to fly all the way over here. And not just that, it's not... In, is he doing a gig in Sydney? Yeah, but on the Monday. Okay, so we get him first in the festival and then everyone yeah, so gets I think on. this is his first gig because then he goes to the Enmore on Monday, which I'm kind of regretting I didn't get tickets for. You should have gone. I, I, I wouldn't have, but you should have gone. But, you know, whatever. You would have got a longer set out of them, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway. But, um... So Liam's here. So Liam just walks in the door, we're interviewing him. Give me your top three questions, what would you ask him? Oh, no. Um, He's a big fan of the show, Liam. Big yeah, fan. he is. Big so fan. top three questions. Um, what's it like to be the best Britpop artist in the world? Okay. Tick. People are like, yeah, it's great. Um, or he'd probably go on a rant about Britpop. I actually Britpop. don't know. This is actually a really serious question. What would I ask him? I want to know about his most hedonistic night out ever. Okay, that's a great question. And must... who was he with? Yeah. And, the whole... and I want to hear all about it. Actually, yeah, that's a great... Tell me about your rowdiest night. Like, what's a... What you look back and you just go, I can't believe we because did that. Because it would be off the scale. It would be mental. Yeah, yeah. And I'd want to know about that. Second one, I'd say, what's your biggest, then... re- biggest regret? About Oasis, what would you have changed? Nah, because I don't think he's got any. Um, he don't probably think he'd yeah, he would. He'd say no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'd well, it wouldn't really be a question, more of a beg that he would just be friends with Noel for a little while, so they could do a bit so of. I a read someone. Into. Someone offered apparently them was it six million or sixty million? Someone offered them a whole bunch of money just to reunite for one to get together for one gig. No, Noel said no. Like. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'll hold on to that. So in front of Liam, you've got three questions to ask. You're going to ask him about Noel in those three questions. Well, not a question. and beg him. So you would beg him? I'd be quite happy to do that. I'd want to know that. I would want to know about um, like his most hedonistic night out. Maybe like regrets. I'd love to know what his favourite Oasis songs are. You don't know if you'd get normal answers though, because he would say, even if his favourite Oasis song is one that no, well, he wouldn't know them all, but if it was one that no sang on or no, he wouldn't tell you the truth anymore. So he's just going to tell you. Yeah, you, you probably would. Or what the songs mean to him. I'd probably ask him that, but again. You probably, more wouldn't likely... wanna, you probably wouldn't want to interview him, would you? You probably want to... All right, let's do an interview just for this. We're going to ask you six questions. Here's six questions. Turn them off. Get a couple of beers into them and just, just chat bollocks. 
Yeah, we should have reached out to him to see if he'd. <laughs> Any time in Berry. I might. Well, it's nothing to do in Berry. Maybe I'll tweet him. There's nothing to do down there, so. How would you feel if I tweeted him? Go nuts. Absolutely. No. He would go nuts? No, no, no. Go nuts. Go do it. See what he says. Don't think you'll get very much back. <laughs> Imagine if you do. Right. Should we get on? The thought of that has made me a little bit nervous inside. The thought of that's made me really happy. (laughs) (laughs) Just walking down Berry with Liam Gallagher. I could just think. Asking him questions. Imagine if we did that and like the reaction from James at the Oasis podcast. He's been canvassing for years to get Liam on. And we just go, aye, we've got a house in Jerigong if you want to pop over and we'll just talk some stuff. Yeah. Imagine. No, me too. And you ask him questions like, what's your favourite colour? (laughs) What's your favourite, yeah. Uh, sing a song of the week. Song of the week, song of the week, song of the week. Beautiful. We haven't had that in ages. All right, Little Hill is the band, the song before tomorrow. Little Hill are from Glasgow. We started this little thing a long time ago and getting our debut album, Burns White, released this year has been a great achievement for us. It's about love, the universe and a small cafe, I guess. If any listeners want physical media, i.e. CDs, check out the website littlehill.band and we're all major, on all major streaming sites too. We played a couple of great gigs in early September in Glasgow and Manchester and we'll be looking to follow up with more next year. Mon the Hill. I love that last line. Mon the Hill. Mon the Hill. Mon the Hill. All right, so here we go. Little Hill before tomorrow.
Thank you, Little Hill. Lovely little song. Good stuff. Nice Scottish band there. I like that. You've just got a soft spot for any Scottish band. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good song, though. I'm not just saying that. So please, yeah, people, support them. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to do... It's coming in my head, so I'll just say it out loud. Is I would like to get, um, you know, by the end of the season, just to get people's feedback on... Song of the week, and just to figure out what the top three favourite song of the week. Oh, I'd love that. And love then that. I think maybe in the last episode we can then, you know, talk about them. And so we've got two more to go. Yeah. So we've got two more songs of the weeks, and then we're done. But I would, I'd love to. Like we've had some anecdotal feedback, but overall, what maybe are the we do some week? polls. Yeah, that would... love it. Love. It. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Let's get into Les says. Les says. Les says. Les says. Les says. Don't listen to Coldplay. <laughs> um, so, uh, quickly moving on. So, as we know... Um, oh, it's choked on my beer. Right. So, this uh, week we had Coldplay mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with their album. Yeah. Album. Album. Called Everyday Life, which I have quite a bit to talk about. Oh, and I I've got wait. more than one review because I couldn't decide... And which ones to use. And they're polarising and weird. And, so, and I'm, you know, again, feel I was maybe listening to the different album. Anyway, um, and then we also have the band Sunset Suns. So, you know, and, and we'll touch upon, you know, we'll talk about them. And that's the album Blood Rush Deja Vu. Yep. Um, we just got to get straight into Coldplay, right? So just there's no point in mucking about. So. There is not. Um, okay, so... This is Coldplay's seventh album. Seven? Mm-hmm. Eighth, sorry. Eighth? Eighth. Okay. Studio album. I just can't count. It's right in front of my face. Okay, cool. So, look, we all know who they are, but they formed in London back in 1996. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, obviously, we've got Chris Martin. Yep. <laughs> and the rest of them. On, yeah, and then the others. So Johnny Buckland, Guy Berryman, Will Champion, they all met at University College of in London. Are they all still together? Um, yeah. That's great. Uh, they changed their name from Pectoralaz to Starfish. I'm glad it wasn't Starfish. Finally, to um, Coldplay. Um, they released their first EP um, in 1998. Um, and then their first album release was, as we know, Parachutes, which... This is their best album. Anyway, um... Uh, I don't okay, know. Okay, we can yeah, do, okay. let's get into that another time. But, yeah, okay. Um, or maybe X and Y. Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, it's not this one. So, um... <laughs> so, it doesn't matter, does it? Um, so... Uh, reviews. So, my oh. pals at Pitchfork. Oh! Uh, oh. Pitchfork, Pitchfork, Pitchfork. I reckon... Between a six and a seven. And you're right on 6.8. Yeah! That was a bit much. So, on the 52-minute Vision Quest that is their double LP, the world's most earnest arena band sound looser than they have in years. Despite its sprawling architecture, the album is one of the band's most consistent, unified works. The music is filled with other uh, other voices. Nigerian vocalist Tiwa Savage... Um, Alice Coltrane, Frightened Rabbits, Scotch Hutch- Scott Hutchison, a band I do actually want to talk about. Yeah, we should talk about them yeah. one time. Um, yeah. Three Generations of Kutus Fila, Femi and Maid, or Maddie. 
are credited in the uh, liner notes. While it can feel cluttered at times, <laughs> overflowing and with annotations and footnotes, it rarely feels heavy. The sequencing seems to inhale and exhale with each song. It attempts at Arena Peaks Church and Orphans, followed by moments of mournful ambience. Each of this decade's Coldplay albums has been packaged as its own relative experiment. A direct reaction to its predecessor, the pop one, the sad one, the happy one. And after 2015's jubilant but uninspired A Head Full of Dreams, a largely sombre tone of everyday life feels like its own statement. A stark grey palette that makes abundantly clear what's absent. Without the ghastly trend-hopping singles that have weighed down their latest releases, my favourite part of the album is almost its unprocessed portion, halfway through Sunset, where the fragment echo, cry, cry, cry and old friends roll into each other like a medley at rehearsal something they're just testing out for potential Whoa. for all its vague gestures towards what it means to be alive right now, everyone hurts everyone cries, Martin offers he actually comes closest to nailing in the opening line what in the world are we going to do even if their answers come up short it's refreshing to hear Coldplay searching again with all the rest of us Rolling Stone magazine. Ooh! Loved it. Four out of five. Yeah. After their platinum 2015 pop pivot, A Head Full of Dreams, an all-star Super Bowl halftime show on a two-year big box tour that shifted $523 million worth of million tickets, each easy-listening rock Half champs... A billion. Oh! Easy-listening rock champs Coldplay release an album that aspires to more than stadium packing, which is true. Yeah, this they is, do. Um, signifying ambition in the days of your early day, everyday life is a double studio LP. It's Coldplay's rangiest and deepest release by orders of magnitude, maybe even their best. Oh. The master stroke is the single Orphans, conjuring a generation of refugees and a barroom sing-along with a baseline recalling... Pulse on Paul Simon's Graceland and a reprise so redolent of the stone sympathy for the devil it's almost have your lawyers call our lawyers mash note it's a band whose great talent has always been its aspirational one world melodies now sounding much more like the world our pal Alexis Petridis at The Guardian uh, I think he would have been more critical on this one three out of five yeah um the internal psychology of rock bands is a tricky thing for outsiders to fathom. But 21 years on from their debut single, it's pretty clear Coldplay are driven by two can, often conflicting impulses. This is so true, I love this. The first is to be the biggest band in the world. A desire that was evident from the start in their amenable, uncontroversial songs dealing in generalities and emotions expressed so vaguely that anyone could relate to them. Yes. This instinct made them impressively adaptable and when Guitar Rock's currency crashed... They slipped easily into co-writes with Avicii and pop super producer Stargate and arranged guest appearances from Rihanna and the Chainsmokers. Mm -hmm. The other, though, is an impulse to experiment. One suspects it's not something to which Coldplay are naturally suited. Invited to compile a streaming service playlist of influences, they opted for pub jukebox crowd pleasers by Bob Marley, Oasis and R.E.M., but they keep giving it a go. By tapping up electronic auteurs Brian Eno and John Hopkins for ideas and releasing concept albums dabblings in African music 
Anyway, it does go on. Yeah, of course, like that. if there's a signifier that's right, we're Coldplay, one of the biggest bands in the world, and we've thrown caution to the wind, it's a laudable intention. But everyday life is wildly uneven, held together only by its thematic obsession with religion. Disc one, Sunrise, literally ends with a hymn. Disc two, Sunset, with Chris Martin singing Alleluia, Hallelujah, you lose count of the references to God, church and prayer in between. What this signifies remains a mystery. Has Chris Martin, a lapsed Christian, rediscovered his faith? It doesn't matter whether God exists or not. The answer remains elusive, as alas does the balance between world-beating commercialisation and experimentation. I kind of see that. With all the reviews, I agree with probably, him. probably, yeah. With all the reviews. So I will pass it over to you to give us your insights into everyday life. Okay. 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 Well, listen, there is some good news. Good news. There is a silver lining. Jerry Cinnamon is a happy man right now. He is. Uh, Kate LeVon as well. They are relieved. Because this is a winner of an album. A winner oh, for the worst no fucking way. album of the year. This. Well, I did not see this coming. This is amazing. I'm sorry. And I've had a beer. So that's Brilliant. I'm, I'm dropping the F-bomb. I'm sorry. This album. Right. Okay. Let me read you my comments. This is amazing. The good. One song. Church. It's a good song. Sounds like Coldplay. Feels like Coldplay. Smells like Coldplay. Not bad. Orphans is alright. Champion of the world is okay. Everything. Everyday life is okay. The meh. Sunrise. Alright. It's a beautiful, gorgeous, instrumental, beautiful. But it's too long. Doesn't go anywhere. Right. Doesn't go anywhere. Trouble in Town is okay. Broken, which is the gospel one, is terrible. Daddy is so dreary. W O T P P O T P. Seriously, what is this? When I need a friend is terrible. All the rest are just rubbish. I've put overall, we have a winner for worst album of the year. The album is a mess, trying to be all arty farty without any real context. It's wank. No points for effort. Stay away from this. I think even the die-hardest Coldplay fans will be absolutely scratching their hands. One good song, one out of ten. One out of ten? It's it's terrible. So, music should be enjoyable. This album is far from enjoyable. It is not... It Two... I get... I Look, don't get me wrong. I get the political. I get the religious. I get... It doesn't matter. You can... If it doesn't sound good and it's not enjoyable, it just defeats it. So I was genuinely really excited for this. I was like, okay, this is going to be good. It's not. It's not good. I don't mind Coldplay. I really don't. In fact, I love some of their work. This is just not... I will never, never touch this album again. Jerry, Jerry, if you bang Jerry or a Kate LeBon on right now, be like, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah. Right? Coldplay, no. And maybe there is an expectations that you, you expect more from them. Right? But it's not good. No. So sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't defend that. <sighs> convictions, right? I love that. Hash <laughs> tag <laughs> convictions. That's amazing. You loved it um, though, right? No. 
Not as hate, didn't hate it as much as you. I really dislike um, it. Okay, there's a couple of things I dislike. So, anyway, there is the... The whole social, political thing. Mm-hmm. Coldplay, you never do it well. Like, I remember we went to... Remember we went to see them? Yep. And Love Coldplay. And it's like, but it's like free trade in his hand. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then now he's going to do this and he does that and save the rainforest and all this nonsense. And that's fine. It's not nonsense. It's that's important. not nonsense. Be careful. No, but what I mean is it's not nonsense. It's important. But it's, it's, it's the way in which he does it doesn't have impact that bothers me. Yeah, you've talked about this a bit. And it does annoy me because it's like, oh, doesn't, he widen it. And I don't, he doesn't do it in a way that's, it's a bit Bono-like. I was just about to say he's Bono, right? Right, and it does my nut. Like, the funniest thing I've, like, one of the best jokes in the world is the one about Bono. And it's like, I've seen you two live, and they do do this. They play the video of the starving children and all the stuff, and then they go, oh, and then they talk. And the best joke ever, and I don't, and I, it's an urban legend, I hope it's real, because I swear it's, first of all, Scottish people are amazing, but... Apparently he's in Glasgow and he's doing that, Bono. Yeah. And the video comes up, the starving children. Yeah. And then he does do it. He gets everybody to clap and everybody does this. Okay. And he's like that. Every time we clap, a baby in Africa dies. And then this Glaswegian shouts out, well, stop fucking clapping your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Chris Martin reminds me of. We all need to stop clapping our hands. That's what that is. When I look into... So if you think about... So Trouble in Town, yeah. right? I get the song. So you until he plays that recording of which is clearly racist police harassment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's fine if that's the story you're going to tell, but your lyrics are so vague. And when you say things, system that keeps you down, God. I mean, it's not... But I mean, really, if you've got something to say and you want to make a political statement... And you're Coldplay, you've got a big audience. Let's get a bit better than that. Wow. Um, the opposite. So it's just lyrical. How is it musically? So musically I so you're you're big on the lyrics and the no, message. No, I'm big I'm on not, the yeah, I am, I just, but I just musically go, it wasn't great. So what do you think? Did you like Oh musically, okay, so musically, I didn't know if it was it's not the it's not their way, it's not their worst. I don't think it's their worst. It's not their worst no, album? I don't think so. I no like I like the music sometimes, I think the lyrics annoy me so much because they're such tryhards and that's why I get so wound up. So Church, decent song. I actually do like Trouble in Town until they start playing because honestly, when they play that police recording yeah, and the music, it it, sounds like The Wire. Yeah. Have you ever watched The Wire? Yeah, it's like yeah. The theme love tune. The Wire. Yeah, and you're like, whatever that. And then I didn't mind Arabesque, the music behind Arabesque. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a bluesy type song. It's kind of nice enough, but mm-hmm. a saxophone. Yeah. I quite like the you know like the I don't know what you call it world music the you know the African type slant to it it's kind of different um, and I go do you know what fair play you're doing a bit different than the, the normal bang 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 I just get so wound up when they just try so hard to be something that they're not mm. and it just annoys you okay. and you're like I can see him now wearing his hemp sack and with his free the world on his hand and his nonsense and I, I just get wound up I'm wound up now you are you're really thinking about it because either do it properly or don't do it so how would you do it properly actually like Manic Street Preachers do it properly yeah okay okay good they example do it, they do it properly you're all in 
you're all in. Yeah. They are writing songs. They are dark. They're deep. You know, Radiohead to a degree. Like they're in, and that's what they're about. And they don't make any. Manic Street Preachers are not trying to be the biggest band in the world. No, they're not. They do. In fact, they go against it. And you go, okay. So you've got an option. I'm either going to listen to this, could be depressed, not really understand what the lyrics are about, and then have to go and find out, or I don't. Yeah. Okay. Coldplay, you've got the whole world now who know them to to this to the um, and I can't remember who wrote the review. Um, I think it was the Rolling Stone one. One minute you've got Princess of China with Rihanna, and then now you're trying to talk about racist police harassment. Mm. I can't. I don't know what to do with that. I'm a bit done. The first three albums of Coldplay, you can either either like it or you don't. You either think it's amazing or you think it's music for bedwares, right? <laughs> That's your options. And I get that. And I fall somewhere in the middle. And I go, but I know what I was getting. They used to write nice songs like The Scientist. Yeah. Yeah. They used to write songs like Yellow. Fix and you, you used to fit in that's nice fine. Yeah. This, dude. And I don't know what you're trying to do with the album. Is it an African album? Is it a religious album? It's not Graceland. So it's not Paul Simon. So you, whoever said Simon. that, this is... That's an insult. It is an insult. It is nowhere near the class of that album. So forget that. So I was confused throughout the album, and I hate that. Just just give me the theme. Yeah. Because Churches is not the same as Orphans, is not the same as Arabesque, is not the same as Daddy, is not the same as whatever comes next. Oh, Daddy's terrible, yeah. And then you're like, I don't even know what you want me to do. I don't know what mood you want me to be in. I don't know what you want me to take from it. I don't know what experience you wanted me to have. Okay. So, I gave it five out of ten. You gave it for the five songs I said because I generally do think there's actually some decent music in there. Jeez. I mean, it's a four or five. It's, it's not the worst album of the year for me. It is by far. But it annoyed me, so maybe it's four. But I think you're being really, really generous. I'm never going to listen to it again. Well, then it can't be a five out of ten. It can't be a two and a half out of five. Stop. We can't do that because that's not what it is. <laughs> so I don't see it like that. But I can't. I go. Point for effort And then So it's a 3 out of 10 No because I did like However many songs And I thought 5 was fair Really? I just don't know why I get so upset By Chris Martin And singing his Free the world Yeah you've got something crap. Going on there So then I get That's why I'm annoying me And I do think that um, I actually genuinely believe This is the worst album I've heard this year Oh I don't think it's that I don't think you can I think it's not I mean it's not the best Whack Kate LeBon on Whack Jerry on Easy Whack Top Loader on Top Loader had a better no. album than this Yeah they did I hated that jazz one more than this No I'll take the jazz over this Easy Wow Easy Right Shall we get into the So Who I are... did not see you getting that Fired up Absolutely terrible And do you know what my other... Sorry We're going on a, a, a thing here Bands that were big 15-20 years ago They have to evolve They have to Music has moved on and I think Well they are, have it there But not well And that's the problem So you've got to balance it Because you've still got to be Coldplay You've still got to get your fan base You've still Stadium anthems There's bugger all in that album Right Maybe one Maybe two Maybe The rest I think the audience are going to be like What do I do with this song So you've got You've got to find that balance Between the nostalgia of what Coldplay Should sound like Versus Okay, fast forward 20 years now, where is music now? That's not where music is now. 
And that's not Coldplay. So you've missed on both. <laughs> this is amazing. I've listened to some great music this year. That's utter pap. I need to just pick these ones that are rubbish. Just, I really <laughs> enjoy this. Action. This is amazing because it's normally me. Right. Anyway, Sunset Suns. Yes. So they are a three-piece British-Australian indie band, however, based out of a town in France. So, you know, I was stretching with the British bit. but what are they? So they're British. But they've moved to France? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. Um, well, I mean, Rory be, Williams, Jed Laidlaw, Pete Harper are the three members of the band. Okay. They have released four EPs and they've released two albums, this being their second. Their debut album, Very Rarely Say Die, was released back in 2016 and they have toured throughout the UK, Ireland, Europe and the West Coast of the US. Okay. Um, reviews. So not a lot on them in terms of reviews. I, did, there was a, I found one. By the soundboard, it's a music blog, 5 out of 10. It says a lot when a band who once had something of a significant profile, didn't know they did, releases an album that barely anyone knows even exists. But that seems to be where Sunset Suns currently are. They were never the biggest band around, even during their heyday, but as one of the many... What was their heyday? 2016? Yeah. (laughs) Pushed into the indie spotlight in 2016 with a fairly modest debut, Very Rarely Say Die, um, as well as a pretty great little single in She Wants which is a great song. To see them fall in almost total obscurity at this stage feels like an abject pinnacle of where the traditional indie boom and bust cycle can reach. Mm. It's more boring than anything else, smacking of a mandated release put out just to get something into the world, with writing that couldn't make that seem any more true. Again, Sunset Suns have never been ultra-talented wordsmiths, but Blood Rush Deja Vu is more happy to trundle along with basic songwriting frameworks as long as they can eke out as possible melody. But after all of this, it's not Sunset Suns who are going to be given another chance to move forward. This has already done so little for them that trying again simply doesn't seem worth it at this stage. God. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Okay. Okay. Kevin. Yeah. You came off the high of cold play. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, I love these guys. Absolutely. Thoroughly enjoyed Sunset Suns. Thank God for Sunset Suns this week because, honestly, so here we go. It's only nine songs. Yeah. And all nine songs it's like 40 minutes or something. are good songs, right? There is no skippers. There's nothing that is is awful. Nothing that makes you question, you know... Oh wait, is this still part of the song? I'm on the next song. Wait a minute, I've got gospel. Now I'm in this. None of that. It's just a great indie album. Simple, simplistic. Um, Superman, the intro song is good. Say hi. Eyes wide open. Take control. Problems is the best song in the album. Closely followed by Heroes. Brilliant song. Um, Alien, which is the last song, is really good. Mm. It's not a hurrah, but it is a really good song. Here's, Here's where I'm at musically, right? So I, I work while I listen to the music, right? And I'll take notes as I go while I'm working, right? If I get to the end of the album and I immediately go, oh, back on the first track, let's go again, right? That tells me I like the album. Yep. I want to hear more. 
Coldplay, I could not friggin' wait until that album ended. And then I was picking up my phone. How many tracks have I got left? Holy Christ. Okay, here we go. Right. This nine songs hit the mark. And it went back to the start of the album again. And I'm off again. So, thumbs up. I really enjoyed this. Really dug it. Felt like we needed a good good homework and we got this. There's nothing bad. Great songs, great sound, great production, great vocals. It's a bit short, but overall I really enjoy it. Seven and a half out of ten. Yeah, so I, the question I was going to ask, I do wish there was a couple more tracks. Yep. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a bit samey, samey. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, and I thought it was a little bit, not cheesy, but... Like I, I mean, it was a, it was <laughs> light relief from Coldplay. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, I liked and, it, and also our guilty, we'll get that in a second. And our guilty pleasure. This was like a nice light relief. I agree. So I go. I enjoyed the album. I would go back to it. It's not one of the best homework albums we've had. Um, I did. I do like the song Aliens, like the ones that you mentioned. Um, Heroes I reckon is my favourite Yeah okay It was a toss up Between those two um, And I do I really like his voice Yeah he's got a great voice And I do think They're good musicians I think that review Was pretty harsh I think it was way too um, harsh I didn't give it much more Though I only gave it Six and a half out of ten um, Okay Just because it's It's one of those It's average Not amazing But I It came at a good time For me In terms of what I've been listening to Um I don't know if I'd go and hunt it out again, but if Spotify went, oh, do you... I'd jump back jump in. Jump back in. Yeah, I yeah, would I go, would. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're fo- so Spotify follow, love, so I can see you keep track of all the music there. It's good. And I, 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 I thank them for their album and I thank them for helping me out with the Coldplay mess <laughs> this, this week. Um, so, yeah, very. what have we got next? Because this is, this is... I need a break. So, I have a feeling... It's going to be a similar incident. Um, so, Snow Patrol, with yeah. the album reworked. Now, the reason it's in is I want to talk about it because, one, I don't understand what the point is. Two, I could be, maybe I'll be, you know, happily surprised. They basically re- they rework Kind of like old songs. Okay. Okay. And so I want to talk about it because I do want us to take the time to listen to it because I go. I have a soft spot for Snow Patrol. So do I. Okay. But I always worry about these types of things, like what you're doing to the songs. Are you what you're going to do to it? Are you going to make it worse? Can you make it better? Is, this is either going to be amazing. Okay. Or it's going to be a complete car crash. I can't see there being an in between because I can't think going. Oh, do you know what? It wasn't a bad version of that song. You're either going to prefer the original or you're going to... And even if you prefer the original, yeah. if you like the way they've reworked it, yeah, you're going to go, oh, that was a nice change. Or you're going to go, that was a disgrace. I don't know why I did that. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel this is going to go. All right. Okay. Um, what else? And then the second album is Band Called Champs. Oh. And then the album is The Hard Interchange. Never heard of them. So again, similar thing. Yeah, actually um, similar. Big band. big band, small band. Small band. Ah. David and Goliath. So David won this time. <laughs> Smashed it. Smashed it. Um, anyone, I'd love. Go out and listen to Coldplay. Yeah, just do it. Do it. 
It's not laugh. Take your time out. Go out, have a listen. It'll be a laugh. Where do you see it? One out of ten? Or a five? Mental. Maybe four. <laughs> Take away the point for effort as well. Now you're three. No, if I do give away the point of effort before, no, because I did like those songs. I would, I would listen to them again. You're mental. Okay. Right, guilty pleasure. Is with Smashing Pumpkins Melancholy <laughs> the longest album ever? Holy cow. Smashing Pumpkins with Melancholy. There's a bunch of songs there, isn't there? Okay, Jude, let you go first. Okay. I, I've had a rant. You. So this was interesting, right? Because one, I was surprised because I think you know, some people will be like, that is not a guilty pleasure. That's one Agreed. of the best albums of all time. Okay. You're going to get people that think that. Okay. I've always been on the fence with Smashing Pumpkins. Same. Because when they write a great song, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of meh for me because I'm not a huge fan. And this album was huge. I knew a lot of people that loved this album. And this is probably their biggest album, if we're honest. Okay. Um, I... <laughs> oh man, it was hard. It was hard to it get through hard. it. Tonight, tonight, loved it. The end. <laughs> it's not the end because you got like twenty three other 23 songs. songs. I'm not a Smashing Pumpkins fan. That became increasingly clear. Um, I'm not a grunge fan. I knew that anyway. These guys write good songs. These guys are great musicians. This is the thing. I find these albums hard to review because, like, we talked about Coldplay there. That's just a cluster fuck a mess. But <laughs> with Smashing Pumpkins, they have written, like, they are good songs with talented musicians, with yes. good lyrics. Yes. And good choruses and great bridges. And, and I get it all. And I really do respect them as musicians. But I'm about- just not going to enjoy it. Corgan's voice. Uh for the for the music, for the band, it works. Okay. But it's not for me. Okay. Right? But it does, right? And so then I go like I just It's just not a genre of music I'm in. It's never gonna resonate with me. It doesn't hit the you know, when we talk about like you see how passionate I get about albums like oh, I will about this one. And like embrace, and it's probably coming increasingly clear to people what I do and do not like. But this for me is certainly, I would give it two points for effort. Two, because it's two CDs? No, because one, they do, they're very good musicians and they do write great lyrics, and I just feel they need an extra point just for being good musicians. (laughs) And then I would give another two points for one for tonight, tonight. And one for all the other tracks combined. So wow. then that's four out of ten. Four out of ten. Because I don't know. I find it a struggle when I find albums a struggle. When I find myself skipping it and getting angry. Yeah, okay. Just because I don't enjoy it. But I do honestly believe that they are real talented band, bunch of musicians. And if you're into grunge, and they've got some massive fans, people love them. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. So I'm not one of them. I'm... Um... In complete agreement with you. So I went into this thinking, I'm going to love this. I'm going to love this. They are way heavier than I ever expected them to be. Mm-hmm. And 
Not for me. So it start, starts off really well because you get tonight, tonight really up front early, Great which song. is a gorgeous piece of music. And then after then, you really struggle. I mean, there's Galapagos, which is really good. Porcelina, which is quite good, but it's way too long. Um, I do it with butterfly wings. Yeah, I that's like. not bad. I yeah, like That's all right. It. That's okay. Um, CD2, I mean, really the standout of that is 1979, which is a brilliant song. Great song. Um, there's just, it's one, it's not a style of music I'd go back to. Two, it's way too long for someone if you don't like that style of music and when you're searching for another song like Tonight Tonight and you just don't don't get it. You do on Siamese Dream. Yeah, the song okay. Mayonnaise is amazing by okay. Smashing Pumpkins. Um, I've always liked that song. That's the thing. Smashing Pumpkins would be one of these bands where I'll put five songs, put it on a playlist. Bang. Done. Not an album. No, God, no. Not what I expected at all. Way too expected. Way too heavy. Way, way heavier than expected and way too long. Four out of ten. Both four us out of ten, and yours was made up of two points for effort. Right, we're doing one more listener guilty pleasure, and it's a banger. Well, it's not a banger, but it's a good one. It's a good one, right? Good then. So next week, Stu has given us Transvision Vamp. <laughs> wow! Now we've sneaked it in. It's nineteen eighty nine, Velveteen. Do you remember anything about Transvision Vamp? A little bit. What do you remember? I kind of think I remember the lead singer. Yep. I think everyone remembers the blonde singer yeah. from uh, Transvision Vamp. But I'm trying to think of a song. Because baby, I don't care. Hey! So we're going to do that. That's the last one of the listener. And I want you to pick the last one. Okay. Okay, for the final, final episode. I already know what that is. Do you? Because I've been hanging. Oh, Because yeah. it fits Guilty Pleasure too. Nailed it. Nailed the brief. Alright, ready? Britpop one liners? Britpop one liners! That's a bit of junk. That'd be funny. That'd be funny. Let's go. What do people have to say about Kevin's first love? Aww. So let's find out. Manson. Richard Gerrard. Like the auteurs, an excellent debut album, who are also too quirky. And talented to ever appeal to the masses. Pop and roll star. The Smiths of the 90s. Yeah, that important. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Alex, Manson were more than a band. They were my cheerleaders alongside me through the good times and the bad. Yeah. Whoa. What I meant. Did you just make all these up? No. <laughs> um, Oliver, still as fresh as a daisy 20 years on. Baffling, brilliant and underrated. And anyone who has a song called Dark Mavis... Deserve appreciation. Mm. I'll get back to Dark Mavis in a second. I meant to ask a question. Okay. Michael, not Michael Tanner, way ahead of others, age beautifully, and I love them more now. Oh. Andrew, in my strives to be positive, I like wide open space. That is all I can say. How does that make you feel, Ken? What else, mate? Whoa. <laughs> Michael. I'm, I'm spent after Coldplay, I'm spent. Yeah, you are. Whoa. I enjoyed that. Um, an underrated, ambitious and unique band Who made an epic, mad debut And even madder follow-up Six is their classic And one of the greatest albums of all time Who said that? Wow! Who said that? Michael Michael, away mate, away Wait till he hears the podcast <laughs> Richard Lewis, good band Wrote some great singles too Tax Loss is brilliant Yep, great Catherine, life-changing Oh. Cooler Boy I only listened to them in built-up areas 
cool. DJ NDT, not just wide open space. Yep. Jay Tennant. Oh, Jay. Jay Tennant. That's awesome. Underrated and misunderstood masters of fantastic, moody and epic space rock and incredible live. Mark, remains the best gig I've been to. Andy, one of the classiest, most unusual bands of the era, whose music remains more timeless than some of Britpop's more faded gems. Yeah, okay. That's like good, that. That. Like that. good, that's good. Yeah, I like that ending. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right, you Darth Mavis, you wanted to... <laughs> so, I've just realised... Go on. It only went out today, so I might not get the answer to my question. Probably not. Was just about, was I right with my theory? I don't know. I don't know, let's see what Did you not else. think to research it? No. I've been, I've moved on. I got I got I got more work to do. So maybe someone some, someone just tweeted us going, two and a half hours, question mark. Yeah, sorry, it's two and a half hours. But yeah, maybe someone will talk to us about that. Let's let's park it. Okay. Okay. Shall we get into this week's album? Radiohead, the Benz. You ready? We're good? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so the album cover. So we talked about Stanley Donwood on the OK Computer episode. Stanley is actually the pen name of Dan Rickwood. So he's the guy that's done all the artwork for the Radiohead covers and for Tom York's solo stuff. So they stood together. But, do you remember the image? Like, what the image is? What do you think it is on the front of the band? Like a Voldemort? Voldemort is not on the cover. <laughs> so yeah, you're kind of right. It's like this, this sort of person sort of looking back, right? Mm-hmm. So the story behind it, inspired by the track My Iron Lung, they entered the hospital to film an Iron Lung, but according to Donwood, found that Iron Lungs are not very interesting to look at. Instead, they used footage of a CPR mannequin, which Donwood described as having a facial expression like that of an android discovering for the first time the sensations of ecstasy and agony simultaneously to create the cover image the pair displayed the footage on a television set and photographed the screen typical radiohead this is so radiohead isn't it but i had no idea about that that was pretty cool to find out so what does the album title of the bands refer to uh it is refers to decompression yes sickness so when deep sea divers come up too quickly um it's basically a reflection on the band's sudden rise to fame. You've been underwater, right? Yeah. You ever sort of felt a bit... No. Ben's like No. Maybe not from being underwater. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the album... Did you know the album is apparently dedicated to Bill Hicks, the American comedian? I had no idea. I had no idea about that either. There's going to be a lot of that in this episode. I've got lots to say. He died apparently the year before. Mm. And so this, they loved him as a comedian. So apparently it's unofficially um, tributed to him. So it was released on the 13th of March 1995. Four days after Dodd Day. So that's cool. You just turned... 15. I just turned 15. This is the second album... After Pablo Honey, which went to number 22 in March 1993, what followed it was OK Computer in 97, which went to number one. Parlophone Records, recorded at the Rack London, The Manor and Abbey Road. Producer was John Leckie, 62 minutes, 11 tracks. Chart position, number four. Not a really? Num- yeah, not a number one album. Wow. How long was it in the charts? You ready? Oh. 
49 weeks. No. 203. Holy sugar and <laughs> sausages. <laughs> Charts. Albums, number 10. Carry, carry on up the charts, the best of the beautiful South. Have we, talked, we haven't talked about them for ages. Yeah, let's not. Okay. Blur Park Life. Eight, Conversation Piece by Stevie Wonder. I love Stevie Wonder. How often have you listened to my uh, Motown? You've I'll, got a wee bit of a drive down to Berry at the weekend. <gasps> I'll put it on in the house. There you go, you can do that. A few bees get us in the mood for... Not Motown, but that's fine. <laughs> Panpipe Moods, Free the Spirit. <laughs> Put that banger on. Oh, God. That is one thing I'll say about the charts today. There's no panpipes in there. When was the last time you saw a panpipe act in the street? I'm probably about to see one in two weeks. You need to tell me if they're back in the UK still. Uh, the Benz Radiohead was at number six when it first debuted. Faith no more, Faith no more, King for a day, Fool for a lifetime. Great album, greatest hits by Bruce Springsteen. Mm. Color of my love, Celine Dion. Again, again. Medusa by Annie Lennox. Off now. Off now. Uh, and Elastica, number one. Oh, where are they? Yeah. Oh, uh, singles. Axel F. Keep pushing by Clock. No? No. What? Whoops now, what'll I do by Janet Jackson? Don't know. The bomb by the bucketheads. These cells fall into my mind. Push the, oh these are bangers. Push the feeling on by the night That's amazing. There's so many amazing remixes that. Uh Julia says by wait wait wait. Alex Party, don't give me your life. Your, your love, give me your life. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Freak power, turn on, tune in, cop out. I didn't ever like that song. I didn't mind it. Nah. Bam, 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 bam. Celine Dion, think twice. Think twice. Is that that one? For the sake of yeah. our love, for the memories. Don't stop by the by the out here brothers. Don't stop. Wiggle, wiggle. Uh, Love can build a bridge by Cher, Hein, Cherry, and Clapton. Cool. Should we get into the album? That's an amazing dance. Those those dance that's songs were all bangers. Weird. I was talking about that that threesome. Foursome. Who? Nina, Cher? It was, it was, no, it was, oh no, who was it? It was Cher, Hind, I'm guessing Nina Cherry, and Clapton. Oh, four of them. That's a weird foursome. It's a really weird foursome. Right, Radiohead. So we'll go back to the beginning of Radiohead because we've covered them a bit later on. So Radiohead are Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, Colin Greenwood, Ed O'Brien, Philip Selway, who was on drums. Then there was Clive Deemer on drums, who came in as the second drummer uh, from 2011. They formed in... 1992. 1985. 1985, Lil. That's mental. That's five. That's mental. Four. They all met at school. They went to a private boys' school called Abingdon, Abingdon School in Oxford. Tom and Colin were in the same year, Philip the year above, and Johnny, brother of Colin, was two years below. Originally, they were called 
on a Friday. Because that's when they apparently all rehearsed. Now get this. This is the cool bit, right? Because they were all a bunch of mates, right? They basically decided to start the band, however, learn instruments as a band, therefore not choosing the same instrument as the next person. So literally, they learned instruments to be together as a band. <laughs> That's touching, isn't it? It's really cute. It's really cute. It's really cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's how you learn to actually speak properly to be on this podcast with me. <laughs> Um, So apparently they were offered a record deal When they first started with the band on a Friday Which is absolutely mental But they decided to go to university first In 1987 Right So all the band apparently went to uni Apart from one So the band still continued to play together each weekend However at the University of Exeter York played with a band called The Headless Chickens That's amazing It's a pretty good name of a band Um, So apparently this is where he first met Stanley Donwood The guy who went on to create this cover And all the future ones So after they all finished uni So four years later They all lived together in Oxford in 91 So that's pretty cool They've been attached to each other the whole way Um, So they all started to play as a group And became popular at the Jericho Tavern Apparently Oxford is well known for its shoegaze bands So you had Ride Mm -hmm. and Slow Dive um, and it was Chris Hofford, Slow Dice producer, who saw them play, and him and his partner Bryce Edge became their managers. Apparently, so they were managers for On a Friday. They are still Radiohead's managers today. That, that's, that's pretty incredible. That is, given the fact that they're as big as they are mm-hmm. and what they've gone Think through. Think about all the stuff. Yeah. Band still remains the same, management still remains the same. That's pretty special. Um, so apparently, so apparently, Colin worked at a, a music shop called Our Price. Do you remember Our Price? Do you not remember Our Price? No, I remember. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I remember it. But what happened to Our Price? So from it was a shop, but it was a music. I shop. reckon they got didn't they get bought by someone, and then it became part of Virgin or something. Really? I'm just gonna tell you. Okay, you Google that. But uh, I do remember that. So anyway, Colin was working at Our Price, and he met. EMI A&R rep So he met at a EMI A&R rep Got talking to them And got a six album deal Out of that conversation Imagine that That's amazing Bloke comes in Starts talking to you about music I'm in a band This is what we do Here's a demo Da 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 Six album deal Pretty insane um, However They did not like the name On a Friday And they made them change it Bought so- by Virgin I was right Oh, there you go. Well, so we'll bought by Stillgate Smith, then bought by Virgin, and then bought by somebody else. But yeah, okay. I do remember that. So, this change from Radiohead, which was taken from the song Radiohead by the Talking Heads. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was on the album True Stories. Talking Heads. No, no much about those. A bit before our time. Yeah. A band I wanted to like. Okay. You're on the road to, to nowhere. But just I've never no. So in 1993, we've got the debut album Pablo Honey. So I came in. I so I'll get to it in a second. But I skipped Pablo Honey. I was too young for Pablo Honey. Yeah. And I went straight into the bands. Um, so I went started with the bands. Went backwards. 
We both really liked Pablo Honey. We both gave it a seven. Right? Oh, it's a good album. It's a great album. Um, it's a, interesting enough, we gave it the same rating as Colin Greenwood from Radiohead. He said, I'd give it a seven out of ten. Not bad for an album and recorded in just two and a half weeks. Do you know where the name Pablo Honey comes from? Right. Pablo, and this is, I just found out so much, right? So Pablo Honey comes from an American prank call show called Jerky Boys, right? Remember the old prank phone call shows? It used to be all over the place, right? Anyway, so they're doing a call. The victim's, the victim's mother, so the prankers, the prankies' mum, says, Pablo, honey, please come to Florida. And York said, so Tom York went, Pablo, honey, love it. That's it. That's the name it's going to be. So Radiohead actually sampled that sketch during the guitar, guitar solo on How Do You. Ah. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, Tom York told Select in 93, some of it I can't cope with, but the notion of phoning up people cold is so 90s it's the ultimate sacrilege turn up in someone's life and they can't do anything about it so Radiohead pulled three songs three more songs from their On A Friday Year Back catalogue while recording Pablo Honey so You, I Can't and Thinking About You was all from when the days of when they were students which is pretty incredible yeah. right However, it was Creep that obviously got the most attention, getting into the top 10 in the UK and also did well in the States, getting into the top 40. However, they started to become dubbed Nirvana Light. Ooh. Yeah, that's, no one wants that. So look, despite the success of Creep, the album did only okay, getting to number 22. Did you know Radiohead got sued over the copyright for Creep? From who? So they got... Uh, <laughs> from the Hollies. So they got sued over copyright The Air That I Breathe by the Hollies They got It settled Yeah they paid up So I never knew that They got done for royalties Oh hold on let's sing that The air that I breathe just to love you Yep Yep Into Creep So usually what I do is I'll like listen to both tracks and be like Yep you've nicked it Blatant this I went I don't know how you got it but they paid up they settled out of court I'm just trying to see how that works what part of it like did you nothing you have a listen tell me what you think but I couldn't find it some great songs on this album right so obviously you have Creep but you've got anyone who can play guitar you've got you thinking about you it's it's actually a really really good album right I'm glad I gave it a 7 well done (laughs) so as the band toured relentlessly over the next couple of years it tired of the Pablo Honey songs, especially the most famous ones. So, I've never seen Radiohead play Creep. I've saw them play, and they don't play Creep. I've got it, I've never seen them. Uh, so, they avoided playing Creep. Uh, but they do play some tracks like You, Largy, and Blowout. They did play in some concerts. Um, there's a great piece here from Guitar <laughs> World regarding John Leckie as the producer, right? First hired by Abbey Road Studios as a tape operator in 1970, Leckie had cut his teeth working on John Lennon's Plastic Ono Band, George Harrison's All Things Must Pass, and Pink Floyd's Medal. Any thoughts on those albums? Mm. No. Not okay. Well, yeah, well, Pink Floyd. I really like Pink Floyd. Yeah, you do? Yeah. Okay. That album, Medal? Not one of my favourites. Okay. So since then, he's produced many other Radiohead albums, including uh, and including other favourites such as 
Oh yeah, so he's produced many other Radiohead favourites, including Simple Minds, Ecstasy and Magazine. You ever heard of Ecstasy and Magazine? No. No, neither have I. Radiohead's label... Simple Minds are coming to Australia. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Don't you? (laughs) Again, it just reminds me of milk. Yeah, the milk advert. Uh, So Radiohead's label EMI booked nine straight weeks with Leckie at Rack Studios in North London beginning in Feb 94. The band and the producer got along famously. The best part about working with John Leckie, Greenwood later recalled, was that he didn't dictate anything to us. He allowed us to figure out what we wanted to do ourselves. (coughs) Unfortunately, the Rack session soon turned tense. Word from the label was that the band should concentrate on producing a lead-off single, but first... No one could agree on what that single would be, so they tried four single contenders in succession, Sulk, The Bends, Nice Dream and Just, none of them felt right. The constant search for some magic hit sound slowed the recording process to a crawl. I couldn't have been more freaked out, York remembered. We had days of painful self-analysis, a total fucking meltdown for two (laughs) fucking months. The turnaround came in April when Leckie suggested that Tom try playing fake plastic trees by himself. There was one stage when it sounded like Guns N' Roses' November Rain guitarist Ed O'Brien reported. It was so pompous and bombastic, just the worst. But this time alone with his acoustic guitar, Tom was finally pleased with the results. It was this solo performance that Lecco and the rest of the band used as their foundation to build the final track. With that song and several others in the can, and the original December deadline for the album put aside for good, Radiohead took the road, took to the road playing a series of shows in Europe, the UK, Japan and Australia's, Australia through May and June. They took the opportunity to air much of the materials they'd been working on at Rack before finishing the production on their return. So apparently they did a whole stack of, of gigging. They toured the US six times within a year and a half. Wow. <laughs> That's mental. Wow. So obviously they were trying to crack, I mean... The states they were they had some success with Crete, but I mean, I can see why the US didn't quite take to Radiohead after Pablo Honey. They're very different albums, but they did a bit right because I think about um, the bands like um, Fake Plastic Trees was in the film Clueless. Oh, um, okay. Do you know what? I remember that Clueless Day. I hate movies like that, but I remember watching it. I think it was at uni, or just friends of mine wanted to watch it. And I think from memory, she's in her car, or she gets in a car with this guy, and he's trying to be cool, and it's playing. Oh. And, it's, and then it's just yeah, and there a couple of their songs were in different stuff. Well, different were... stuff, and yeah. Well, they support. I think we talked about it in OK Computer. They supported REM as well. So yeah, if you're going to support a big American band to get you know publicity, they're they're the guys to go with. Um, it didn't get higher than number eighty-eight in the charts, and it r- remains. So this is the bands. It remains the worst chart placing for any Radiohead album in the states. That's weird. It's mental, isn't it? Uh, in the UK, awards-wise. This was pretty quiet. In fact, it's really weird when you look at the bands for awards or recognition. It's sort of forgotten about. It's really unusual. I don't get that. It's, it was nominated for the Brits for Best Album and Best British Group for the Radiohead. Didn't win. Um, and it's sort, of, it's, it's sort of forgotten about as an album. I don't know why. It's, it's my favourite Radiohead album. By a country mile. Same. Yeah, yeah. Obviously because of the placing. Yes, it is. Um... 
Later that year after this, so after the bends and the touring, they recorded Lucky, which we talked about because it didn't. It was the very start of their OK Computer journey, and it went on the album years later. Yeah, that's right. And Lucky has such a different sound again to the Benz album. So we talked about this. You think Lucky could fit on this album? I actually don't think it could. I, Do you I know think, what? No, I don't. I still look at it and I think it's a very it's different like... sounding song. Yeah, it fits with OK Computer perfectly. It doesn't fit in the Benz at all. Mm. What have you got? Anything else? So. I was doing a little bit of digging around and um, I just want to read this out because when we talk about tracks and stuff, this is actually, I feel like it describes me, it's hilarious. Anyway, it said, Enemy had written an article because I think it was like 24, 20, whatever years it was since um, the Benz. And it said, by Tom York's reckoning, Britain in 1995 was a mess, culturally crippled and socially fucked up. Over, no, fucked over by the Tories, his words. Okay. It was an era dominated by retro necrophilic filiac rock. Oh, and a, wow. Yep. And a jaded generation's unrealised dreams. Let's break that down. So re- repeat the phrase This is again. not the bit that reminds me of me, by the way, just so we know. <laughs> um, so, it was an, so it was socially... Um, crippled by the Tories, basically. Yeah, I get that. It was an era dominated by retro necrophiliac rock. So what he's saying is that it's there was nothing new. It's all been heard before. Regurgitating it. Got it. People and in love with old stuff. Mm. <laughs> Very much in love. Um, aroused. Oh. Um, oh. And the jaded generations. Unrealized dreams. I mean, that work. That's yeah, jaded yeah. generations. Unrealized dreams. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <gasps> yep. Okay. So that March, um, Radiohead put it to rights. The Benz is a fraught, compassionate, violently disturbed rock classic that's since rippled through everyone from Muse to Coldplay, from brass tooting megastars, and this is the bit I loved because this is totally me, to every lank-haired teen. Self-certified as a guitar, ma- guitar maestro, the moment they learnt to finger pick street spirit. <laughs> Hold on, that was me. <laughs> could you play street spirit? Yes, I could do it now. I don't have my guitar here, but yeah, I learnt that, and then you do. You think you're amazing? Hmm. How com- I-, I don't know how complex is it. The beginning bit's straightforward, but then if you want to continue and play the whole song. Well, for me anyway. Right, okay. But it was fine because what I used to find that if you were at like parties or people came round, no one wants to listen to you hear the guitar for five minutes. No. They just want to hear what you can do. So you sort of pick it up casually, put your drink down, and then you just go, oh, I don't know what to play. (laughs) And then you'll go, oh, do you know that song? And they go, oh my God, I love it. And then you put the guitar down. And then have a conversation about it, and then you remember this amazing guitarist. Ah, oh, good mook, smooth. That's smooth, Les. <laughs> we talked about that before. <laughs> um, Got hot in here all of a sudden. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, but it said back in the mid nineties, the record hit home because it was everything pop needed at once. A flick off to Britpop's laddie orthodoxy. A melancholy hymn book for alienated consumers and a rich, dreamy rebuke to Thatcher's austerity politics. 
which patronise with aspirational slogans while obliterating the nanny state arts funding that gives people a leg up. As a familiar social climate greets the record's 20th anniversary, we revisited its 12 tracks to see how its antsy anti-anthems stand up. I agree with that because I read the word, honestly, if you change the word Thatcher to Cameron or Johnson, yeah. austerity's politics, yeah. with um, aspirational slogans, yeah. that ridiculous Brexit bus, yeah. obliterating the nanny state arts funding that gives people a leg up, yep. social um, change, climate change, we're there now. Yeah. I need somebody to come back and write me a Benz. <laughs> I'm dying, I'm crying out. Okay, alright, alright. Coldplay tried. There's another thing. That's what we need. Someone who can do it properly. Okay. It's not Coldplay. We need another Mannix. Yeah, we okay. need another The Benz. I need another. I need that to happen. Okay, alright, fair enough. I need you to find me that. You're doing the homework. How well, can I find you it? Yes. You're serving me Keen in Coldplay. Because I think that that's going to be what people listen to, but I just feel that we need to have that. I just don't know if we're ever going to get that again. Oh, I think now's the time you're probably going to... If it's going to come, it's going to come now, right? Because you've got yeah. so much happening politically. Mm. Um, all right, what else you got? Shall we get into the singles? Yeah. Um, okay, so let's start with My Iron, My Iron Lump. Went to number 24 on the 8th of October, 94. The video is just live footage, right? So nothing, nothing too dramatic there. High and Dry went to number 17 on the 11th of March 95. There's two videos. The first of which is them playing in an American national park in California with sort of trailer trailers around them and it's it's okay. There's a second one, however, which sounds more interesting, which is a group of people in a diner having flashbacks. I could not find this video. Sounds awesome. Couldn't find it. Fake Plastic Trees, number 20, 27th of May 95, directed by Jake Scott. The son of Ridley Scott. Should this we pause? Is probably why. What's your thoughts on Ridley Scott? Well, no, it depends on what movie. Oh, no. Um, I mean, he makes blockbusters. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What's Any, your favourite one? Anyone spring to mind? <laughs> I've got one specifically I want to talk to because someone else, Imran, talked about it on Go on then, say it. So, Alien... Obviously, Ridley, Ridley Scott. Alien Covenant. I've never seen that. Oh, God, one of the most disappointing movies. The I've seen disappointing Alien, albums. It. What? It's just aliens, isn't it? We've been through the monster thing, I can't. You don't think Alien Sigourney is... Sigourney Weaver, what's that? Oh, what's that coming out of somebody's stomach? Jesus, that's not going to happen, is it? Turn it off. Oh, Alien is a classic. What about Aliens, the sequel? Nah, it's just, I don't, nah. <laughs> <laughs> we should sit and watch it I reckon Aliens? Yeah together we should watch it It'd be hilarious My My favourite Ridley Scott movie Is Thelma and Louise <laughs> I don't think I've actually watched that Well you're out of control Because that's insane Oh Says the person who doesn't like Alien Doesn't like it But at least I've tried it. it Right okay Let's keep on moving What do you think I think about Blade Runner Oh, see, this is interesting. I think you would appreciate Blade Runner. I do. See, there you go. Mm. Yeah, which yes. is weird because I wouldn't have you pegged as that. Yeah, but it's because of the theme. It's 
anything that sort of like got that sort of dystopian type of you got to think about it. Imagine that really happened. Okay. I can deal with stuff like that. Like I remember watching what's his face. Twenty eight days later, and I normally hate. Love 28 Days Later. Right, and I normally hate, why is that thing coming after me? That's weird, that's not ever going to happen. But, like, that was done very well. Yes, it was very done, yeah. And I go, that's actually scary, imagine that happened. Yeah, yeah, okay. But then I think of the, like, other movies that have got zombies in it, and you go, that's insane, and why am I wasting my brain power, even, trying to process the storyline? <laughs> like, seriously, I can't. No. What about, game, got... what, about, what about computer games? Last of Us. Oh, you played it? I I have it. I've struggled with it. You never finished it. I haven't finished it. You've never finished the Last of Us. You don't know what happens. I've oh. no idea what happens. You got to get playing it. The new one's coming out. I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. But um, I need you then to watch um, Thelma and Louise. All right. That's your homework. Let's get a couple of beers in me. We'll sit and we'll watch it. All right. <laughs> I'll add it to Quadrophenia. <laughs> Why have you... No, I just don't understand. Right, let's keep moving. So the video uh, is pretty good. Set inside a sh- supermarket. The band are being pushed around in, in shopping trolleys. Norman Reedus is in it. So we just talked about zombies. He's the lead actor, or one of the main lead actors, from The Walking Dead. Daryl, I don't... Do you, you know... Why am I talking to The Walking Dead with you? Uh, just... Snaps to jump. This is the moment I got hooked on Radiohead. This song, this video, got me. Wow. I mean, come on. It's a great song. I love a guitar hook. You know, anything with a really good guitar hook, you have me. This song, so released on 20, it went to number 19 though, just. Just number 19. Uh, 21st of August 95, I was 15. Um, directed by Jamie Thrabs. He done Charmless Man by Blur. Great video, if you remember that. Nina Cherry's Woman, Lucky Man by The Verve, and Manson's Being a Girl in Negative. Those two classics of six. <laughs> They're great. Um, so, this video is amazing. So, if you remember it, it's about a guy, the band are playing up in an apartment, they're looking outside the window, and there's a, a, a businessman on the, gr- on the ground. And you think, has he fallen? He's not. He's just he's just lying down on on the pavement, and heaps of people are walking up to him, checking if he's okay, and asking what's wrong, and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, a policeman comes along and asks him how he's doing, and they're like, "What's going on? What's going on? Why are you not getting up?" Anyway, it's all in subtitles with the band play. The man finally gives in and says, "Yes, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I'm lying here. But God forgive me, and God help us all, because you don't know what you ask of me." Right, camera sort of zooms in as he's giving the answer, but you can't tell what he's actually saying. Pans back to the band who are looking out again, and then everyone is lying on the pavement, not moving. <laughs> wow, so sci-fi. It's just so like brilliant. Insane. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, Street Spirit number five. Oh. On the 3rd of February 96, back in the desert, I'm pretty sure it's where they filmed it before, um, for High and Dry. Um, so the, the video is a bit, it's okay. But it's actually, it's black and white, it's quite beautifully shot, that's, that's another statement. Go and read the YouTube comments of how people feel about the song and video attached mm-hmm. to Street Spirit. Mm-hmm. It is, this song means so much to people mm-hmm. and it's... 
<laughs> it's a breakup song. It's a love song. It's uh, a, you know people suffering from mental health issues. It's it's just people passing. Oh, it's just incredible what people think about it. Shall we get into the album? I honestly would love that. Planet Telex. How do you feel about this too? Good start. Great start. Uh, top 10 start to an album. How are you feeling about it? How strongly do you feel no, about it? No, I didn't this? put it... No, I don't like that. But I think it's um, solid start. Solid. Okay. Solid. Don't skip it. I, I start the album with that song. Okay. The drums and the piano are just brilliant. I think it's one of the best intros to an album ever. Because it's such a distinctive sound. The bam, bam. I friggin' love this song. Now we've talked we we talking about this on air, but you have given me your song that you want to play. I was gonna play it anyway. So do you wanna have a think about any other songs that you wanna play as well? I'll give you a bonus. Would it be this song or do you wanna wait for another one? It's not gonna be that song. Okay, alright, that's a shame because I really wanted you to play this. Um so the only song on the album, not written before recording sessions began. It was recorded one night after the band had been drinking heavily. Tom York provided his vocal track while lying on the floor of the studio. <laughs> so the working title was Planet Xerox, not Planet Telex. Oh. But it was changed because obviously Xerox is a trademark. They would have got done. Um, from Eat Carpet on Song Meanings. This song isn't a love song. It's about how reality is unchangeable. We've been doing the same for thousands of years and not much has changed since. So basically this song is telling you to be smart about things that yelling and screaming won't get you what you actually want. Planet Telex playing this. You can talk. You go first. Go on. So, we get to play a song. Okay. Mine is Street Spirit. Of you just said you're going to play it. I'm and we'll get it. to Street Spirit as to why. If I would want this to be the second one. Okay. Because I sing this on the top of my voice. Oh, okay. Cool. I love this song. Okay. Like, um, I read a lot of stuff. Oh, it's because it sounds like Oasis. And what? I was, yeah, yeah, I've had tons. For the first minute, it could sound like Oasis and blah, blah, and I, I don't got, get that at all. I don't get it either. Um, and then people have gone, oh, I read tons about this song saying, oh, it's an act, they're taking the piss out of it, they're a Britpop, it's blah, blah, blah. 
I don't think that at all. I don't think at all, yeah. Um, I honestly think this is just a great rock indie track. It's just... Verse is amazing, guitars are amazing, chorus is buying, you sing it. When I first heard it, I had no idea what they're talking about. Yep. Right? Yep. And then you begin to read, then you, but, and I love that about it. That's why I kind of love Radiohead, because you're, you're not always going to really know what it means. Yeah. Does it really matter? Yeah. Um. But this song is, yeah. Good title track too, right? So. Great title track. Stands up. So... Same as you, iconic, anthemic. There's the Tom's voice is great, great. There's so much to love about this song. Um, Tom said about the opening. So you know how it has that sort of weird sort of record. Mm-hmm. So the sound at the beginning comes from this quarterwalling. Apparently, is a word mayhem outside this hotel in the states. There was this guy training these eight-year-old kids who were parading up and down with all these different instruments. The guy had this little microphone on his speaker and was going, "Yeah, yeah, keep it up, keep it up." So that's what he ran outside and actually taped. Which is interesting. So this is from Dean Esner. We can assume that York, though, is simply talking about the exciting world of rock and roll here. One that the band was just beginning to taste for the first time prior to the release of this record. Touring, as we learn later in the haunting documentary, People Meeting People is Easy, can be a simultaneously alienating and invigorating experience. But mostly it teases an alternate lifestyle that can't be sustained. On the bends, York tells us what it's like to swim with the sharks and then shortly after bake on a crowded beach with the rest of civilization, who are just waiting to some, for something to happen. Um, so obviously we talked about the bends. The bends is the medical condition for someone um, coming up too fast from underwater. There's a lot. Someone has literally gone into piece by piece of what the song actually means. So where do we go from here? Imagine all your life you wanted to be a rock star and have fans that tour, fans and tour the world. Once it happens and you achieve that goal, what else is there to do? Alone on an aeroplane, falling asleep against the wind of pain. This is a line about the exhaustive nature of touring. Uh, I need to wash myself again to hide all the dirt and pain. I'd be scared. Um, But there's nothing underneath. It gives you an image of the tortured artist, something Tom was perceived as after the creep hit writing about their pain to relieve themselves of it. Uh, what else we got? Who are my real friends? Have they all got the bends? The author is asking himself, who are the people who like who like the real him and who are the people that just like him for being a celebrity? I want to live, breathe. I want to be part of the human race. This line is talking about how being a celebrity is totally different than being a normal person. Being a celebrity means that it's 24-hour public relations Machine that has to be nice to everyone to meet and never do anything wrong. That's a good point. A 24 hour public relations machine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Alright, shall we play the bands? All of it. Info.
and dry <laughs> what's that mean slow acoustic guitar it is you, it. you gotta love this right um, so Tom York didn't like this song he went it's not bad it's very bad so apparently they tried to cut this from the album and actually the record label said what are you talking about that stays that's a great song so I'm really glad they kept it in I really like high and dry I think it's a great song um Two jumps in a week. I bet you think that's pretty clever, don't you, boy? Bum, bum. Um, it's all about Tom feels about himself getting more and more famous. Two jumps means obviously you know what it could be. Kill yourself for recognition. Kill, kill yourself to never stop. You broke another mirror. You're turning into something you are not. God. So I, fi- I was reading an article on Billboard magazine about this song. Yeah. 
And apparently this song was written long before the sessions where they wrote the bends. Yep. And it's the sweet it's they put the sweetest sound in of all Radiohead singles. Hardly seems like the kind of thing York would abide. Yep. But surely enough he's on record as hating it. Though there's nothing to be ashamed of. The spirit of alienation in the lyrics keeps things sour enough to balance out the sugary acoustic guitars and falsetto hook. That's true. But there's no mistaking this for top 40 treacle. Yeah, good point, good point. All right, high and dry. All your insides fall to pieces. You just sit there wishing you could still make love. hard time I still think it's a cutie thing I really didn't like this song mm-hmm. as a kid I really I would always skip it I never got it really yeah I do now obviously I do I like the song a lot more now but in in my teenage days skip 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 didn't like it didn't understand oh, it in my teenage days you can imagine this is exactly the kind of song I love <laughs> uh, not sure about it I, I mean I like this song now but I'm still a bit jaded from when I was a bit younger. But it's still a great, great song. Um, this is the most commented song on song meanings for the entire album. So first of all, these songs, Radiohead, this album, hundreds of comments. Mm. I think the song's about this. And it means this to me, which, you know, everyone has it. But Fake Plastic Trees is the most discussed song on, on song meanings. Yeah, right. It's insane. Everyone has it. Um couple of lines so he used to do surgery for girls in the 80s but gravity always wins just that's a great great line she looks like the real thing she tastes like the real thing my fake plastic love and if i could be who you wanted and if i could be who you wanted all the time oh oh look it's a gorgeous song yes all right fake plastic trees Like 
Collins. So, here's an interesting take on this song. So, Billboard magazine. Recorded shortly before the release of R.E.M.'s What's the Frequency, Kenneth? I hate that song. <laughs> Bones plays like an accidental companion. Oh! Michael Stipe wrote his band's 1994 hit from the perspective of an out-of-touch oldster, oldster trying to make sense of youth culture, with Bones, York and the gang employ a similar heavy riff and lyrical conceit. I don't want to be crippled and cracked, York sings, shoulders, wrists, knees and back. The fear here isn't losing your hipness, it's breaking a hip. Oh, okay. I read that and went, mm, Maybe a bit too literal there. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. But I think to put it in the same bracket as what's the frequency, Kenneth, is yeah, deeply well. upsetting. Because <laughs> it's not... I, I like this. This is a good song. This is a solid song. I, I agree. Think you come out of High and Dry, you come out of Fake Plastic Trees, you need a bit of... Yes. And you yeah. get it. I, I totally it's agree with you. It's what you needed to come next. So it can be looked as a metaphor for ageing or even depression. I don't want to be crippled or and cracked. Shoulders and wrists, knees and back. Ground to dust and ash. Crawling on all fours when you've got to feel it in your bones. Now I can't... It sounds like me now. Now I, can, now I can't climb the stairs. Pieces missing everywhere. Prozac painkillers. Well. Uh, bones is an excellent song. Okay. And so far, we're five for five. The placement of the tracks is... Yeah, bang on, bang on. Bones. Nice stream. Nice stream. I reckon you love this because of the way the guitar sounds on this. I absolutely do. Yeah, okay. Good change of pace. They've slowed the album right down again as well. Oh. Now, I've always had issues with it being in brackets. Okay. I've given this some thought. Please share your thoughts. I think it's in brackets because it applies that it doesn't exist. Okay, yes, yes. I did read that as well, yeah. And I've always thought that because when you put things in brackets, it's an it's a maybe could be, e.g., like it's not part of what you're writing okay. when I think about grammar. Yeah, okay. And I wonder if that's I've always wondered if that's what he meant. Like, is it? It would be nice to have a nice dream, mm -hmm. or this is what I think a nice dream would be, mm -hmm. or it's never going to happen. Like I feel it's quite sad. Like yeah, that's yeah. Okay, I, I think you look. You you're bang on the money. I don't know if that is. It sounds sounds right. Um, the lyrics are: I call up my friend, the good angel, but she's out with her answer phone. She said she'd love to come help, but the sea would electrocute us all. 
thy strength. Like, it's actually, it's, I didn't realise, and I certainly didn't realise when I was 15, just how deep and emotional and the amount of anxiety and angst and depression and just the fear and, oh, there's so much going into this one album. A lot. It's a lot. It's amazing. Um... From Commutron on uh, Song Meanings. The sea would electrocute us all line reminds me of one of my friends. Oh, actually, this is, this is, anyway. So, reminds, supposed to be my best, not so much anymore. Every time I'd call him, he'd never pick up and he rarely returned my calls, no matter how urgent I sounded. Sounded. We made plans a few times, but he had forgotten about them and he made bigger, better plans without me, of course. So, the sea would electrocute bit, I think, is about having some grandiose excuse as to why you can't come help even though, of course, they'd love to come help. Nice dream. In a nutshell, you get this glorified image of a person, your friend, and they turn out to be just as flawed a human as you are, if not more so. What's worse, any looseness you felt wasn't really there, any closeness you felt wasn't really there, you took the friendship for granted, but it was nothing but a daydream, and they, well, they took you for granted. Nice dream. So we all have mates like that. Don't answer the phone. Who? Oh, we've got, I've got mates like that, that you, when you connect with, and you haven't seen for a while, you, oh, yeah. you connect with so closely and deeply to that you miss them, and you miss that connection, yes, we do. and you get excited again, and you make plans, and you commit, and this, and it just falls, it just falls by the wayside, doesn't happen, don't turn up, change plans, don't answer phone, whatever the hell is. And you go through this horrible roller coaster because you see them. They're a part of your life. And every time you see them, it happens again and you get suckered in. So anyway, that's this person's nailed it. Nice dream. Do you want to play it? Yeah. <laughs> nice dream. The song that started it all for me, it wasn't Creep or anything else. This song and video, it absolutely hooked me. According to Tom York, this, friend, this song's about a narcissistic friend of his, although he's never named the person. Can't get the stink off. He's been hanging around for days. Comes like a comet. Suckered you, but not your friends. Some people talk about it, about depression as well. Another another song around depression. Um, I freaking love it. This is my song. I want to play in full. What have you got? It's in a great song. Just play it. Split. Done. Can't get 
on going doesn't it it is a so yeah. good did you know the song is apparently around it's written about creep is it apparently so the entire song is about radiohead's creep from their first album pablo honey and our lung is a mechanical respirator that's worked using negative pressure to assist breathing most common in common in polio where patients had paralyzed lungs it's effectively breathed to someone who wasn't able to do it themselves my Iron Lung tells of how Creep is the only thing keeping Radiohead successful or alive. The Iron Lung metaphor is apt because while Creep was keeping the band alive financially, it was also very constraining and they perceived it as forcing them to play a certain style of music. Similarly, an Iron Lung does not allow the patient inside it any freedom of movement. Wow. I know. It's <laughs> next level. Wow. So Tom was suffering from what writer's block and he understood that the band needed a hit song. Frankly, he hates the track. He says so in the lyrics, but it ended up in the song. But it ended up the song was a huge hit and people listening to it on the top 40 didn't even realise that the lyrics are just him thrashing along to his own song. Suck. Suck your teenage thumb. Toil it trained and dumb. When the power runs out, we'll just hum. This, this is our new song. Just like the last one. A total waste of time. My Didn't know that. Didn't know that. Didn't know that at all. And it's a great song. My Iron Lung? Yeah. 
Alright, we're 8 for 8. Bulletproof, I wish I was. What's your thoughts? Oh, this is the first time the album takes a bit of a... And it's not a bad song, but it's not... I wouldn't jump to it. I actually, to be honest with you, I like this whole album play. I like this whole album. Yeah, so I don't have yeah, a skipper. Yeah, I'm the same as you. So I don't want anyone to think that I think it's a skipper. But this is probably the first song where I go, mm, not brilliant, not my favourite. I don't skip it because I still, um, I still like the guitar on it. I like the guitar on all this album, to be honest. I think it's class. Yeah, the work, right? But, but this isn't, like, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate well. I don't really sing along to it. It doesn't have a great hook. It's just, yeah, it's okay. It's just there. Uh, look, I don't think it's okay. I think it's good. I just don't think it's as strong oh, as no. the previous eight songs. I mean, to be eight for eight. I mean, eight for, yeah, incredible songs, right? And again, you let the whole album play. It's not a skipper. Um, means a lot to people. Jen on song meanings. I listen to this song while I'm driving in the car alone. Sometimes when it's dark and everything is still, it leaves me feeling like I want to cry because I wish nothing could hurt me. I wish I didn't let every little thing get to me in so many ways. I'd wish I was a stronger person. Don't you just want to give Jen a hug? Yeah, Jen, where are you? Jen, Jen, Come we're, here, just, Jen. We're, send, we're sending you a big hug. Come here, Jen. Come here, Hen. But it's wax me, mould me, heat the pins and stab them in. You have turned me into this. I just wish I was bulletproof. Ah. Oh! Ah! So we're not going to play it, but I... I like the song, right? Same. Black Star. How are you feeling about that? Mm. Okay, okay. Um, feels, this... feels very similar to Just. It's not as strong as Just. Yeah, it's it not feels as strong similar as Just. To it. It's yes. Yeah, Again, not a bad song. I don't skip any songs on, on this album, which is amazing. Well, we're in the top three now, so you'd hope not. But I love this whole album. This is. To be honest with you, I've often thought that the next, so Bulletproof to Sulk are my three, where I go, we've just, lost, we've taken a bit of the foot, we've taken a foot off the accelerator, lost a bit of the pace of the album, I don't know, it's just, that's the thing, when you're eight for eight from an album, you got to find something, in, or unless it's a ten out of ten, and then in that from the next three songs for me, I'm like, oh, not my favourites. I let them play, mm-hmm. but they don't have for me the same um, emotion or I love them as much as the ones before. Okay. Uh, I agree. All right. So, um, good song. Feels very, sounds and feels very similar to Just is Not As Strong. I get home from work and you're still standing in your dressing gown. Well, what am I to do? I know the things around your head and what they do to you. So it's about, apparently, um, the very lows of what it's like to be romantically involved with someone suffering from a mental illness. The one most sane is likely to use scapegoats and half measures and whatever tension arises to make it another day without any extreme and violent conflict. Eventually, the protagonist separates from the love interest only to find themselves succumbing to the emotional breakdowns their mentally afflicted lover was prone to. (sighs) I agree with you. Let's move on to Sulk. Right, which I disagree. I actually really like Sulk. Um, the guitar work is exceptional. Do you know what Sulk is about? No. Whew. Sulk was written as a response to the Hungerford massacre that occurred in Hungerford, Berkshire, in yeah, August nineteenth, nineteen eighty-seven. Wow. So seventeen people. Yep. 
including the perpetrator, were killed in the massacre. So it's a mass shooting. I didn't realise what that was about. No, neither did I. Mass shooting. Um, and sort of some of the things you forget they happen. You know, obviously there's one quite close to us when we were at yes, school. Totally. But this one, you know, we were quite young at the time. So looking back, I'm like, holy cow, I had no idea that Sulk was written about this. Um, I really enjoy Sulk as a song. It's a great song. And I think it, read, it, it goes really nicely into the final track, which is Street Spirit. So let's play Sulk. That's the thing, it's hard. This is a hard one, right, because this album, because usually I go, nah, skip it, nah, and I get quite belligerent and I just tell you to move on. I can't tell you to do that with any of these songs, but we've got to get to a point where you go, you don't like them as much as the others. Correct. There is not a song on this album I don't like. Okay. And that's, you know, we're we're getting to the stage now where I hope that's the case and most of the albums that we'll talk about. Yep. But... Yeah, I couldn't say that I don't like them And just the only thing I would say is that They're not as I feel strong Or, or I connect with as much as the others But that's the only things I can say Makes I can't sense. really say anything bad No, I'm with I you I am, I am with you I totally agree This is you can't... an absolute standout album Yep. So do you want to talk about your final track? Oh <sighs> This song, I know When you were like that, oh you know, what song do you want to play And I was in two minds Because I know it could be polarising Because it's a bit depressing, I get it (laughs) Yeah okay I get that, you might not want to listen to this podcast Listen to this song, I get it But This song to me right? When I think about music and I go Things that move you Things that are musically strong Lyrically amazing I honestly, every time I hear this song I get sucked into this, like, tunnel or something that you can't get out of until the end. Yep, okay. And you're in it and you're all in. Yeah. You can't half listen to this song. You can't have it on in the background. You're either in it or you're not in it. It's a really good way to put it, yeah. And I'm always like that with a song. And even when you think, oh, I've heard this a hundred times, it's not going to affect me, boom, boom, back in. (laughs) The other song in the world that does that to me is Teardrop by Massive Attack. Yeah, Same okay. deal. Can't, yeah. Oh, I'm not really going to bother about it. <gasps> Back in. <laughs> and it's the same. And I go, it's that. That is the most iconic guitar picking ever is the beginning of this song. You hear that, you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. 
and you know exactly what you're in for, mm -hmm. and you know exact it's hypnotic. Yeah, okay. It just sends, I reckon, that's what the problem is, it sends you right into a trance. And you know me and my guitars, and I go, I absolutely love it. And I learned how to play it, and it's it's just amazing. Then, you've heard that guitar, and then he starts to sing, and then you're in. And then he's talking about, like, you know, you know, rows of houses, yeah, dead birds, yeah. Crack, like cracked it, the whole thing. And then you're like, what's he going on about? Then when he starts singing Immerse Your Soul in Love, you're just like, I don't even know what this is about, but I know it's really sad. <laughs> and I don't know, and I honestly want to give you what it means to me, and I don't actually know what it does. What I do know, what it means to me, is that when I was younger, and starting my musical journey, shall we say, and beginning to get my own fully like taste of music and things that resonated with me yeah. this was a song that i remember knocking me off my feet and knocks me off my feet to this day wow so we're talking it's been knocking me off my feet for like 24 years Jeez. and it still does wow and i know it could be cliched because i know people go oh, everybody talks about that so and i go, don't care because when i hear the beginning of that track i'm in and i know i'm going into a tunnel and it's in a vortex, and I'm not getting out until the end. <laughs> and I'm going to be talking about houses and dead birds, and I'm going to immerse my soul in love right until the end. And I don't know what it's about, and I don't know if it's a love song. I don't think it can be. But And it doesn't have any particular thing. It just has... It was when I knew I was always going to love music and the, the power that music has and the journey it can take you on, mm. because this song has everything. And you, I love songs like that. Mm. Acoustic. Then it builds. Mm -hmm. Then you got those lyrics, mm -hmm. and his vocals are haunting. Yeah, yeah. This is just one of these songs in my life that will always, always, always take me on a journey. No, and it still does. And even through this exercise, when I put it on, I was driving in the car. Uh -huh. I do not remember driving at all in the time the song was playing. Oh. I ended up at my destination. The song finished, and I was like, Jesus, I've done it again. <laughs> I've just got into that tunnel. <laughs> Been, could be anywhere probably got 10 demerit points but <laughs> it just does it to you it just pulls you in yeah, yeah yeah it's just a journey and it's just a beautiful journey and i just would just oh i doubt anyone can tell you other one i, I would just struggle to think that anyone can tell you and oh, yes it sounds depressing and i don't really necessarily know what it is but to end an album with a track like that that has been so strong yeah it's such a fitting, fitting end to such an amazing album that you just go, if Radiohead, if you write nothing else ever again, mm -hmm. I don't mind. Anyway, that's, I'm passionate. That was about. lovely. It was really nice. And it makes me so happy to see you. Oh, I get emotional when you get emotional. I just love it. What's your thoughts on it? No, I can't, I can't, I got nothing after right. that. <laughs> I think it's a good song. You know, but no, I can't even. You, you've nailed it. I mean, do you want to know what Tom thinks about it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does he hate it? Oh, no, no, no. He's all Tom York about it. Street Spirit is our purest song, but I didn't write it. It wrote itself. We were just its messengers, its biological catalysts. Its core is a complete mystery to me, and you know, I wouldn't ever try to write something that hopeless. All of our saddest songs have somewhere in them that at least have a glimmer of resolve. Street Spirit has no resolve. It's the dark tunnel without light at the end. 
Right. So you're in that tunnel. Isn't that? That's hilarious. It is. It's what yeah. it's like a vortex. It's a tunnel. Yeah. Um, it represents all tragic emotion that is so hurtful that the sound of that melody is its only definition. We all have a way of dealing with that song. It's called detachment, especially me. I detach my emotional radar from that song or I couldn't play it. I'd crack. I'd break down on stage. That's why its lyrics are just a bunch of mini stories or visual images as opposed to the cohesive explanation of its meaning. I used images set to the music that I thought would convey the emotional entirety of the lyric and musical working together. That's what's, that's what's meant by all these things are one to swallow whole. I meant the emotional entirety because I didn't have it into me to have it in me to articulate the emotion because I'd crack. Our fans are braver than I, I, than I to let that song penetrate them or maybe they don't realise what they're listening to. They don't realise that Street Spirit is about staring the fucking devil right in the eyes and knowing no matter what the hell you do, he'll get the last laugh and it's real and it's true. Tom York being Tom York. What do, you, what do you think about the fact that he's like, I didn't write it, it wrote itself. We were just its messengers. Okay, Tom. <laughs> um, but I, I get what he's saying because it has that effect on me. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, it does because yeah. it's just intense. It's an experience, it's not a song. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. So we'll play it in full, just like Radiohead did at the end of the episode. Reviews. Do you want some reviews? Yeah. Let's get out of here. Chap Winter Holther. One out of five. Justin High and Dry are fantastic signal- singles that are surrounded by a dull, plodding, whiny album filler that tends to sound all the same. Tom New York's skills as a vocalist is completely wasted on most of the bands with his incessant goat-like moaning and his skill as a vocalist is much better showcased on OK Computer. Hard to believe the bands is considered number one album of 1995. Uh... Grampus. Do you want a Grampus? Yeah. Grampus, five out of five. Oof, no. Imagine that life is a motorway journey. During that journey, you'll pass and be passed by other vehicles. Some you'll travel with for long periods of time. Others will be there and gone in an instant. Now imagine on this fanciful journey that Radiohead is sitting in another car. They released debut album Pablo Honey. And if I looked closely in my rear view mirror, I would vaguely see them behind me in a cluster of traffic. Then came the Benz, which was released exactly at the moment we were travelling to, uh, travelling side by side, moving in perfect symmetry. It's like a photo that, you t- photo that you took on a whim that managed to depict a flawless scene. One second there, the next gone. The journey continues and sometimes those instances can be recaptured in the case of Radiohead. That's never happened though for me. OK Computer saw them overtake my slow-moving vehicle while for Kid A and Amnesiac, the band discovered some new revolutionary fuel source that catapulted them out of sight. How could that analogy? They might as well have been travelling onto a different planet rather than my stage section of the road. So the most important thing the bands did for me personally was to show that rock music, in particular arena rock, wasn't dead, that it was still capable of evolving. That strand of evolution may have eventually given me up as a lost cause, but that light bulb moment of hope and insight can never be taken away. Sometimes, Grampus... Pulls out the bag, Sometimes you pull it out the bag, mate. Ratings. What did you give this album? I would say a nine. You gave a nine. I gave a... Nine and a half. Bang on. Nine and a half. You are bang on. Uh, So there's not much happening at the moment. Tom York is kind of doing his solo thing. Moving on to number two. 
You ready? This is it. Have I given a 10 yet? Uh, no. It's... <laughs> Do I give a 10 to this one? The next album? Yeah, I think you do. Oh, no. Pretty, pretty sure you do, actually. Maybe. I can't remember. I am nervous. I am nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'll tell you what. I'm hopeful, but I'm nervous. You like this slightly more than me. <gasps> however, however, going through and preparing for this, I'm listening to this album in ages, and it was, oh, it was great to listen to. I listened to it today and it was great. Really enjoyable. So who's left? Who do you think is left? The baby oasis. Okay, so maybe, definitely maybe. Who's the other one? We haven't talked about this band at all. It's the Verve. It's the Verve. It's Urban Hymns. Yes! Urban Hymns is number two. I absolutely <laughs> love this album. Love it. Love all of it. All of it. Uh, like all of it. Come on. Even all of it. Neon Wilderness. Love it. I was just about to say that. <laughs> well, you can defend that next week. And who knows what number one is. Who knows? I love it. Weeping willow, the pills under my pillow. You know what I enjoyed was going back and listen and hearing tracks and forgetting how good they are. Because you've got the big hitters. You've got them. Yeah, lucky man. I'll talk about that guitar again. Got another story about that one. And then you listen to the album, you're like, that was a great song. Why don't we talk about that song anymore? So we're done. Happy with that? Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm actually going to go and listen to Street Spirit. I just want to go in a tunnel. Okay. It's just made me want to listen to it again. Okay. It's a journey. It's stunning. It's stunning. God, it's another long one, Les. It was daylight when I got here. Not anymore. No. I have to go home, straight to bed. Right, done. Two more to go. And it's the Verve Urban Hymns next. Done. Let's get out of here. See you, everyone. Bye. Touching me, oh, this isn't your position.